You're listening to Random Fit with hosts Wendy Batts and Ken Miller, winner of a Gold Markham Award for Digital Media. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of Random Fit with myself, Ken Miller, and my co-host and associate, Miss Wendy Batts. Wendy, how you doing? I am great, Ken. How are you? I am great as well. Thank goodness. And uh, on this episode, I'm, you know, very jazzed, so jazzed up, Wendy, as you know, as we were getting ready for this episode and this interview with Mr. Wilson Dew. Now, Wilson, uh, you know what? There's only one way to to get the point across about Wilson. Because I just could, I can't find the words to introduce him. So let's let's bring on Mr. Wilson Dew. What's going on, guys? Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm pumped up. Uh, All right. All right. Well, Wilson, um, well, for those of you viewers that uh, are watching us or listening to us, we have our guest Wilson do. Wilson ha- is, is, a, is, is just to sum it up, just to touch the tip of the iceberg, he is a, he is a kidney transplant recipient and gym owner in our local town here in Alameda, California. And how we came across Wilson, uh, when you first came on the scene here in the gym, the yeah. gym scene here in Alameda, you the first I heard of you was as a gym owner, but there's there was a lot of backstory behind you as well. So tell us, Wilson, what got you into, we'll start off with the fitness side, right? Yeah. Because that's where you are, that's where you... You, you you make your money or your bread and butter, and that's how you have that's your brick and mortar here in our local town. So that's tell right. us how you got to Mission HQ, and you can tell us about that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I I was never a gym person. I never. Um, if you asked me, if you asked me, even uh, gosh, six seven years ago, I would have never thought that uh, I would be in the gym business. But it it things just kind of led up to that point. Uh, I've been a mortgage banker in real estate all of my adult life. And, um, you know, all my adult life, I was well over 300 pounds. And it wasn't until I was diagnosed with kidney failure back in 2016, where the doctor said, if you did not lose the weight, you would not qualify for a transplant. And, you know, long story short, I'm sure we'll get into it. Um, It was a struggle, but I busted my butt every single day and got myself to lose the weight sustainably and all while on dialysis. And since it was such a struggle, such a traumatic experience, I knew that there was a lot of people out there that were struggling with the same thing, not only to lose weight, but other patients that were like myself that needed the help. Um, and hence the gym, the gym was our primary mission was just, or is just to help other patients or those that are vulnerable in our communities live a better life or help them get to their goals. And that was my primary mission for the gym. It wasn't having a brick and mortar gym. It was just a place to have these folks come in and train. I was going to work with them for that, but we had to pay the bill somehow. And so we started classes and opened it up to the public. And, you know, that's still what we're doing today. The gym members pay for their memberships, personal training, and that goes towards help to fund uh, what I call the warrior class, where we have kidney patients, cancer patients, heart patients, and they all get a, uh, get training uh, that's complimentary. So that's that's our primary mission. That's how I got into it. 
And that's one of the reasons I was super excited to meet you because yeah. it's, I mean, you're, you're just an inspiration, first of all. Um, so again, I can't thank you enough for being here, but, yeah. but can you, let's, let's start from the beginning. You know, you say you're in banking, you say you're, yeah. you're this is how you're making your living. Yep. And then all of a sudden you get this news that you're in kidney failure and then you're like, okay, now I need to lose weight. How, how do you, how did you start? Like, you're like, okay, I got this news. Now what? Uh, you know, that's, that's a great question. Uh, initially when, when I was diagnosed, I did not even, you, you know, when the doctor said, look, you're going to go to dialysis and the only other way out was, is a kidney transplant. And in order to qualify, you must, uh, lose a hundred pounds. And back then telling me to lose a hundred pounds was like telling me to lose a thousand pounds. Right. Um, I've, I've tried every single diet in the past being a sales professional. Um, if you're in that world, it's always, let's close this deal. It's, it's big ticket items. When you're selling homes, there's celebrations all the time. There's celebrating that closing of a deal. So there were every week we were celebrating something, going out, partying, drinking. I was eating out probably 99% of the time, no awareness of nutrition, uh, no awareness of any of that stuff. And so again, telling me to lose a hundred pounds is like telling me to lose a thousand pounds. And I thought it was impossible. I was getting ready to just, you know, give up. Um, as soon as, as soon as that diagnose came, all it was, was dialysis and coming back to the house. Uh, when I was initially diagnosed, I was very, very sick. I didn't know I had kidney failure. It was, I didn't know my kidneys were declining. So it was just one day working the next day, boom, kidney failure on dialysis. I was hospitalized initially for about seven or eight weeks in the hospital as well as a nursing home. My, I was laying there for so long that my body, my, my body, my legs completely atrophied. I couldn't move because of gout inflammation throughout my body. Uh, they had to try to regulate my blood pressure. So it, it was, I didn't think I was going to make it. I really didn't, but I had all this time. And the only thing that I can do was just, in my life, I was just thinking it's probably going to end. So one day I was just thinking about what am I going to do? Life on dialysis was not a way to live. It was just dialysis clinic and back home. There was no purpose. I was completely broken physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, everything. But there was one defining moment where my father had a stroke at the same time. Um, the house was in turmoil just because I was sick. My father was sick. And I really had to make a decision of whether I wanted to be a burden on my family or just give up. Or the other option was to fight. So one day coming home from dialysis, I was just sitting there in the wheelchair, just contemplating. What if I just gave up dialysis? My parents would feel much better or they would be relieved of not having to take care of me. Sure. They'll be sad. I had a lot of questions in my mind. Would I leave this earth a better place? And at, to be honest with you at that time, no, I wouldn't. All I was doing was selfishly working, going through that rat race in the corporate life. And I didn't have a life of consequence. And I remember there just sitting there, just praying, just going, I don't know what to do. Either I give up or choose life. And something in the back of my mind just kept telling me to fight. Say, no, don't give up. 
but then I, my other side will come and just, it's not worth it. It's going to be too difficult. You can't lose a hundred pounds. You cannot, I'm searching all over social media, looking for somebody that's on dialysis that has lost the weight. So I could follow their program, do exactly what they're doing. And I could not find anybody. Everybody was post-transplant doing all these great things. Nobody was losing that weight. So again, very discouraging, but something in the back of my mind just kept on telling me to fight, choose life, choose life. That Those exact words just kept on overpowering my thoughts of giving up. And there was that one defining moment when I came home from dialysis sitting there and I had to make a decision. I said, either I was going to fight or I was going to give up. And as I kept telling myself to choose life, I just decided, okay, what does that look like? What does that mean? And from there, it was just talking myself into it. Let's just fight this. I don't care what it is. Let's just fight. Let's just do this. And you know what? Let's give it all we got. Let's give it hell, even if it kills us, because because I'm already dead. Let's go ahead and fight. From that defining moment, I got up off that wheelchair and I took my very first steps. And I hadn't walked for months. And I walked from the wheelchair to the front door, which is about 10 feet. First step, very painful. Some of the most painful steps I've ever taken in my life. And I did it. I went about 10 feet. I walked back to the wheelchair. And all of that physical pain masked all of the emotional pain, all of the thinking. Of, I didn't think about my folks. I didn't think about the people I cared about. I didn't think about my life. I just thought about that pain. And for the first time, I was free. I was free from everything else. And it was just me and that pain. And I got... I got hooked on it and I just kept on doing that every single day. That 10 feet walk was so painful, but it masked everything. So I did, I kept on doing that like a drug just to get me away from everything else. But pretty soon, as you both know, the mind of the body's very, very strong. It got a little bit stronger and that 10 feet wasn't doing anything for me anymore. So it went, you know, 15 feet and then to 20 feet and then down the block my first mile, I remember taking almost an hour to do. My mom's following me with her wheel, uh, with the wheelchair. I had crutches, canes, and just kept on going and going. And I kept on seeking something to challenge me so that I wouldn't think about any of the other pain. And I didn't set my goals to lose that 100 pounds at all. That wasn't my intention. It was just to hide the pain. But as a byproduct of doing all this walking and just kind of pushing myself, the weight started coming off a little bit. And so I just kept on going and going and going. And at a certain point, I was walking, gosh, almost, I think my highest on my Fitbit was like 60,000 steps in a day because that's all I had. Wow. You know, I would, I would walk as far as I could. I would stop, rest up. Sometimes I stopped for 30 minutes, 45 minutes. I got ready to go. I picked up again. I would walk again. And at certain times, it would be five, six in the morning. I would walk. I wouldn't. I would come back for lunch or whatever. And then I would be out till maybe nine o'clock at night, just walking and walking. That's all I had. And that was my meditation to get away from all of the pain. So it was after walking, walking turned into jogging a little bit, jogging turned into biking. And it just kept on going from there. And all of a sudden I'm here looking maybe 18 months later and here I am qualified for transplant. And it was wild that 
it wasn't even a goal, but it just kept on going and going. I was playing games with myself, trying to lose one kilo a week when I was in dialysis, just weighing it out and just kept on moving and moving and moving. And I always found ways to try to challenge myself. I ended up doing a bike ride from uh, here in Alameda all the way down to San Diego on my road bike. I ended up doing uh, the Oakland Triathlon in 2019. And I was one of the last persons to finish, but I didn't care. It was just about finishing. And all of these things I didn't even do before diagnosis, right? So it, this was just an incredible thing. And once all the, after the triathlon, it was, okay, well, I've lost the weight. I've qualified for transplant. I was still on dialysis. And now people were reaching out going, hey, you're on dialysis. You lost the weight. Can you show me how I'm on also on dialysis? And so then, you know, that's really where the seed of having the gym entered my mind. Just thinking, gosh, you know, maybe one day when I, all this, when I get better, I can go ahead and open a gym and maybe help out some other people. But, you know, as the universe works, that gym just kind of landed on my lap and the opportunity arose. I didn't know what to do. I wasn't a trainer. I didn't know how to train people. I just knew that, you know, I have my personal trainer and I was like, all right, you train me. I'm taking over this space. You train me and you just teach some classes and that's how we'll, we'll collect some money. But then other than that, I'm just going to work with the patients. We'll walk together. We'll do simple things together, together to build confidence. And that's exactly kind of what we did for a while. And as the gym grew, it forced me into actually learning a little bit more and doing a little bit more. So, so Wendy, just a little backstory. I remember, so Wilson, the previous owner of your facility, uh -huh. I remember when she was on her way out, <clears throat> um, you know, I, I knew that the space was open and then just out of nowhere, I heard, I heard the name mission HQ taking over the new spot and I thought, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I, that's when I first started reading about you and first started understanding what about Mission HQ and, and what your what your background is and what you were trying to accomplish. So I couldn't have been more happy yeah. with who who my com competitor <laughs> right is. Literally, Wendy, it's not even it's not um, not even a mile from my from my doorstep to his doorstep. That's right. One block off, less than a mile down the street. Right. So from that standpoint, I mean, and Wendy, you know me, it's like the, the more the merrier, the more people, the more professionals, the more facilities we have out there helping people, um, the better, especially for the local community that we live in, because it is a small community. And, and you know, our our goal for for what we do at training station, my facility is just just help the community live a better life. Right. That's right. And you definitely embrace that idea. So when you came on board, I was I was I was I was happy. Right. Just because you have you have your clientele, you have your mission. And, and I, from what I understood of you at the time and your background and your history and your motivations, I thought that hey, Alameda couldn't be in better hands. So with that being said, Wilson, you like you said, six seven years ago owning a facility was not even on your radar so yeah so how did you i mean and you're you know you you come from a different industry so absolutely yeah what, what made you just jump into that pool because there's a lot of trainers out there 
that are like, well, you know, those that are going for it and those that are just like, well, it's a lot, but yeah. you just yeah. went for it. Uh, you know, the, uh, the mission HQ, the, the gym was not a, um, it, it wasn't going to be a, my bread and butter. It wasn't going to be a moneymaker. It, the, 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 the main thing, it was a passion project. The, and if, if I could be honest, it's like in the beginning, I didn't care so much for that gym part of it. It was just, my trainer was there. You teach the classes, do your thing. I'm just going to focus on the patients. And that was, that was just my main thing. I just knew that we needed to build confidence within that uh, population that doesn't seem to get that help because I desperately needed that help. I went to other trainers uh, uh, throughout the island and a lot of trainers that I work with, they were great, but they just didn't understand the situation. They were just a lot of times I would go to uh, some of the gyms and when I hired the trainer, it was just like, just go ahead and do it. It's all in your mind. I go, no, it's not that simple. You got to talk to me in a different way. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm chronically ill. I'm on dialysis. I've never really worked out before and please help me. And, and a lot of the trainers that I've worked with have been fit all their lives. They're not going to understand. Um, I felt that they didn't understand where I was coming from. And so that's what kind of led me into that space with these patients is that I understand where you're coming from. I'm not the best. I, I'm not super fit at the time or anything like that. But what we can do is we can work through this together. I lost the weight. I've, I've crossed that line. And let me show you how that was going to be just the main purpose of it. And with that mission and with that passion, um, the gym just kind of grew. And uh, it just it just became to, you know, kind of grew into what it is now. And now uh, not only are the patients my heart and my soul, but now the members are my heart and my soul. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're very lucky to even get through the pandemic and still be around today. I, I, I think it's one of the greatest um, the greatest blessings in my life. So Wilson, um, those of you guys that are joining us today on Random Fit with myself, Wendy Batts, and Ken Miller, we have a very special guest. What, what Wilson do is on and talking to us about being, you know, starting and finding out that he had renal failure, a kidney failure, and yep. then all of a sudden now opening this incredible gym to help those that are going through the same types mm -hmm. of struggles, whether it's you know with the kidneys, cancer, you said, and then and then other things, but. Wilson, can you kind of go into a little more detail? So, for example, Ken and I, one of our mentors um, actually gave his kidney to his brother. Wow. And um, so we know kind of the journey that he went through from the time he had to prepare for it to afterwards. And then, of course, they're both doing phenomenal. And then we know someone who is also very near and dear to us. He was actually the president of NATA that actually needed a kidney and his sister donated for him. And so can you wow. talk to us? Those of us that have never gone through that and yep. hopefully never will, um, however, they, just to understand what, when you say you're going through pain, like what is your body doing? And then when you go through dialysis, what is that like? And then are you down and out for a couple of days after, or is it immediate you feel better and you can do things? Can you kind of walk us through that process? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so dialysis is, uh, it's very, it's, it's a very draining process. So when I was on dialysis, I was going to the clinic anywhere between three to four days a week. Um, for those of you that are not familiar exactly what dialysis is, is as a kidney stop working, you have to live through a machine where it acts as your kidney. 
So uh, kidneys naturally filter out the blood, takes takes away the toxins, as well as uh, allow you to urinate all of the excess fluids and toxins out. And as a kidney patient, I wasn't doing that. So everything I ate, everything I drank would stay in my body, all the fluids would at least. So if I overconsumed, I would swell up. Um, I would get into the clinic again, anywhere between 12 to 16 hours a week of filtration. As a normal person, you would have it for 24 hours a day, filtering out all your blood, uh, excreting all the waste and all that good stuff. But for myself, I only had 12 to 16 hours uh, a week of that. And in that process, as they pull out all of your blood, as they pull out the extra fluids, they clean it out, they put it back in your body. It is a very draining process. Not only does it take out the toxins, but it takes off, uh, takes out the essential amino acids. It takes off all sorts of electrolytes. And so you're left drained, dehydrated somewhat, and just completely fatigued. Um, that was the main symptom of dialysis, not to mention during dialysis, when you have complications of your access, clotting, bleeding out, having to catch uh, all the blood. I get two big old needles that you can actually see through the eye of the needle. You can see daylight and they're poking it in my arm. Two needles, one needle to pull out the blood, one needle to put it back in. Um, uh, with that comes a lot of hospitalizations just because of complications that, that come from it, uh, constant surgeries for the access of where they would uh, dialyze you. Uh, so all of that, um, you know, it's it's very difficult to get any type of physical activity. And as you can imagine, it's I would compare it as if you wake up in the middle of the night and you need to use a restroom as you're sleeping, you got to go pee. It's that feeling all of the time. You're yeah. just constantly drained. And that was the crux of it. And to get yourself to even work out, to get yourself to think, to read a book, to do any of that stuff is very exhausting and very draining. And I was on that for five and a half years. But again, the only thing that actually made me feel normal was exercise because I could go to the gym. And if I took a class, yes, I might warm up and I might be huffing. I might be puffing. But guess what? Within the next 10, 15 minutes, everybody's huffing and puffing. And at that moment, I was like everybody else. I was not a kidney patient. I didn't have any um, emotional pains or any traumatic experience at that moment. I am just a member like everybody else. And so that was that was one of the things that helped me get, fight through the pain. Uh, the other stuff, uh, that's just part of the physical part of it, but just the emotional part outside of working out. And, you know, it's it puts your life on hold. You know, I was 34 years old when I was diagnosed. I had a lot of dreams. My career was going sky high. I was looking forward to possibly one day getting married, having kids. I wanted to do so much more with my work. I had all these big goals and everything just came to a halt. And so just the thought of that, of thinking about, okay, will I even survive this? Will I be able to have a family? Will I be able to do all these things? Everything was on hold. I often was telling people while on dialysis, when I went out to go speak was that, you know, many people, they, we all have a bunch of hopes and dreams in our lives. And for me at the time, I only had one wish. My only wish was just to survive and get better. Everything else was secondary to it. And so that was what I was just working towards all the time. So <clears throat> let's talk about, you know, you, 
Thanks for sharing that because that's, I mean, I'm sure those that are listening that are going through this or know somebody who has, I did a quick search on the whole, well, on, on the waiting list yes. for or, organ transplants. And you talked about you were all of a sudden one day, renal failure, right? Yep. Kidney failure. So from that day, I'm sure you started going through the process of being on that waiting list. Cause as I, as I looked up a quick internet search and 103,000 people on an organ transplant list yes. today, uh, kidneys is number one on that list. Mm -hmm. So if you can discuss with us, you know, getting on that list, waiting for the transplant, yep. and then eventually finding the donor who helped you, yep. you know, become who you are, you know, to what you're able to do today. No, that's, uh, um, you know, right now, uh, kidney disease is the ninth leading cause of death in the United States. It's more so than breast cancer, prostate cancer. And as you mentioned, Ken, over 100,000 or uh, roughly are uh, in need of an organ transplant. You have, for kidneys at least, uh, I believe the number is anywhere between 80 to 100,000 people that are waiting for a kidney here in the United States. We have over, uh, I think it's uh, last I checked, maybe six or 700,000 people total on dialysis. Uh, you have, um, uh, you have, I, I believe about 10% of the population that's dealing with kidney disease. Half of them does not know that they have it. Uh, but once you're on dialysis and you qualify to receive a transplant, the weight here in California, at least when I first started dialysis in 2016, the weight was anywhere between uh, five to seven years. And as of late, it can be up to 10 years. The last letter I received from my transplant center was I had to wait at least 10 years. This is for a deceased donor. Uh, that means somebody has to pass away and they need a mark that they're a donor on their driver's license. And, and if you're fortunate enough, you'll get a call. You have to rush to the hospital and you you know, a lot of people pass away waiting for that call. Uh, the other option is the um, the getting a live donor. And that's what I received. Um, as I qualified for kidney transplant in 2018, I'd lost the weight. Um, I was on dialysis for about a couple of years. The National Kidney Foundation started sending me around asking me, hey, you know, would you be able to uh, talk a little bit about your journey and help uh, talk to other patients? I gladly did that. And for myself, I went on a speaking circuit sharing my journey with um, with just uh, other companies and other patients and to the medical community. And very fortunate that um, I believe it was back in 2019 sometime. I went out to Charles Schwab, the National Kidney Foundation has sent me out to speak to them. And those were bankers. They were, uh, you know, there was right in my wheelhouse. So I said, okay, let me go ahead and do it. There was uh, the National Kidney Foundation's executive director out here in the West Coast. She had just taken the post maybe about six or seven weeks. So she came out, she was listening to my talk at Charles Schwab. And when I was there, I mentioned, same thing like I just told the both of you that, you know, as a kidney patient, all I had was one wish. I wanted to get married. I wanted to start a family. I had career goals, but all that's at a halt. And I hope that one day I can get back into it. Well, um, during that talk, she was very compelled by that story and, and heard it. And, you know, the executive director came up and she says, you know, not only am I going to talk the talk, 
as my position. I'm going to walk the walk and I want to donate my kidney. I want to donate it to you. So I was very, very fortunate to receive um, my kidney transplant uh, from Amy Hewitt, the executive director of the National Kidney Foundation. And we did that in March 8th, 2022. That's amazing. That yeah. is and and so Wilson, you guys have to have like it, it has to be a match, right? You can't just take someone's kidney and and transplant it, right? Uh, well, you know that's a very very good question. <laughs> yes, typically you have to be a match, but in this day and age with all the technology, there's something called a paired exchange. So what happens is, say for example, uh, I had my donor, she didn't match with me. Somebody else had a donor that didn't match with them, and so we swapped. And so that exchange program, I was in a, a group of eight people. So four people received kidneys and four people donated. They mixed match from some folks from across the country. And we all did it over there at uh, UC Davis. That's amazing. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's such an incredible thing. Um, one of my staff members over at the gym donated her kidney last May on her birthday. Uh, we were working with a local firefighter here in Alameda. Uh, uh, he found a donor. We, we were talking to the both of them. They finally did theirs July, 2022. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's such a, just a wonderful world. These kidneys, there's, I, I work with a lot of patients. Some of them have already received kidneys. We've connected a lot of folks with, uh, their donors. So, you know, it's, it's really a fulfilling life right now. I, I would say that, you know, I thought I really loved, <clears throat> I thought I really loved what I was doing before. It doesn't even come close to, you know, what I'm doing right now. So. So let me, let me ask you this because I mean, you definitely opened the door for, I mean, you, you've got a great story, definitely an inspiration to say the least. Um, and you're a great person, uh, Wilson, but for renal warrior, I see that across your, across yeah. your, your hoodie there. Yeah what's what's now you're doing speaking engagements you're out there you're helping the local community i mean that's that's more than what a lot of people do in a lifetime but since you're so young and you've you've got this new lease on life so to speak what's what's next for you what 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 do you have coming up and what are you working towards you know that that that's a great question right now that we built a community there at the mission hq um um it's really about building the confidence so that people can do more. I'm certainly not the expert on, on, on getting, uh, you know, the scientific aspect of it. I let all of the trainers do that. Um, and it's such a great community that I want to bring that out to the country. There's so many other patients that reach out that are not able to make it out here to Alameda. This gym is only in this facility here. So uh, I have built a, a infrastructure, which we're going to be rolling out this year. And my hope is to go out there and fly around the country to work with patients with where they're at. And I will be talking to different coaches around uh, all over the country so that these folks can get help. Uh, I will double that up. Uh, I will fund it by going out there, helping folks get off the couch. And at the same time, whatever city or state that they're in, I'm gonna hopefully be able to link up with some other patients in that area. Um, uh, will definitely be focusing on that, coaching all these other patients to actually help them live their best life or for them to reach their goals. That is what's next uh, for Reno Warrior, just to go out there. I, I have a book coming out. Um, some local uh, filmmakers have made a documentary, so that should be coming out here maybe towards the end of the year. And really just looking to 
inspire others to live a better life. Um, it's not certainly not everybody's going to be in this position where they'll be in kidney failure. I, I hope that they won't. And what I'm really preaching to a lot of folks is that a little bit goes a long way. You know, if you if I would have just taken a 20 minute walk every day before I was diagnosed, I probably would have taken things, you know, gotten things a little bit better. If I would have just put down a couple of the drinks, that would have probably been a little bit better. So really just bringing that passion out there. I, I, I really have felt that the formula that I'm, I'm using, which is just one step at a time. You know, when I, when I, all I could do was just walk 10 feet, that's all I did. And I'm, I'm here to tell as a fitness professional. Now I'm here to tell these folks, if you can get, if you, if you can't walk, just, if you can stand up, that's it. Stand up, sit down, do that a few times. And every single day you'll get a little bit stronger. You know, if you could walk, walk a little bit, you'll get a little bit stronger. We all have this big mountain to climb. And I'm not trying to convince you to climb up to the top of the mountain because that can be intimidating. That could be scary. What I am trying to do is convince you to take that next step, whatever that is. If it's a, a just an inch, take that next step. Let me be there with you. I will walk that with you. And once we conquered that next step, once we conquered that inch, then we'll conquer the next inch. And if you just focus on that next step and that next inch, eventually it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when we hit our goals it could be six months a year two years three years down the road and tell you what you're going to be halfway up that mountain you're going to look down and go wow all those little one step at a time it got me up half the mountain now let's look up we look at the mountain we have half the mountain to go okay we see where it's at now we go back into focus of that next step and I will walk that with you I will be there with you until we reach the top of that mountain that is the main premise of what we're trying to do and what we're trying to bring out to everybody. Um, I myself just look at social media at the time I was trying to get fit and everybody's just super ripped. And I'm like, <laughs> if that's the goal, if that's what I got to be. This is impossible. I'm coming here. I, I could barely walk at the time and I'm seeing all this. And there wasn't that, there wasn't that person telling me to take that one step at a time. So I'm here to just tell everybody, Right now, I'm in the greatest shape of my life. I'm, I'm the strongest I've ever been physically, mentally, physically, everything. And I'm telling folks, it's a process. And I will walk this. Uh, I will walk through the fire with you. Let's do it together. Such an inspiration. I'm telling you, you just gave me chills. So, <laughs> but Wilson, I mean, obviously, Ken and I can talk about this all day because yep. I, your story is just so remarkable. What you're doing in your community, what you're doing just with anyone um, that's listening, especially if they're on the struggle bus, they're going through what you, you know, what you've yep. been through, or maybe they're getting ready to have to start what mm -hmm. where you were. Um, how can people? find you like if, if someone is sitting there and they're listening and they're and they're on social media because we're going to post this everywhere yes um and they hear your story and they need they want to find you or reach out can you kind of give everyone your best contact do you mind sharing that with us yeah absolutely uh you find me on instagram at renal warrior 2016 that's the year i was diagnosed uh dm me on there there's links on there to get a hold of me uh, on my link me, uh, I, I have a link me link on my Instagram, which will uh, get you in touch with me via email, phone number. And, you know, I'm, I will talk to everybody, anybody that needs help. And if I can't get, if I can't get back to you in time, I'll have one of my uh, team members get back to you so that we can actually get the help that you need. Uh, I make sure that uh, it's a priority that we get back to 
every single person, especially every single patient that needs the help. I know that uh, uh, a lot of times when you're there and you're desperate, you need somebody to talk to. I'll be there. Just reach out to me. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Also, hey, hey, buddy. I, you know, on behalf of Wendy and I, we are so happy, even more so now than when we first started this this episode. But yeah, we're so happy to have had you on, and, and I've got a lot more insight on on you. Yeah, I know that we, we still have yet to hang out. And, yeah, you know, we, we got to. Yeah, <laughs> Wendy. So one last little bit. The first time Wilson and I, we reached out to each other, you know, we, we followed each other on social media. We DM'd each other, said, hello, hey, great stuff going on down there. But the first time we saw each other, we were both crossing the street. Oh, that's we right. Were, we, were, we were crossing the street and we were both at the same intersection. I'm like, Wilson, he's like, Ken? Yeah. So we, <laughs> we, <laughs> we, our first meeting was just, we were just crossing the street. We're at the same intersection yeah. on a Friday night and... You know that that's where we first shook hands, but we got to actually sit down and have another have another sit down and get together, my man. Yeah, no, it's you know uh, our 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 little town's such a great town. It's it's a small town. Everybody knows everybody, so it's it's great to have uh, good people here on the island like yourself, Ken. Um, you know, thank you for even um, you know uh, being part of the community and 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 reaching out with uh, you know just open arms. I really really appreciate it. I was you know, very, very intimidated coming into this market, just not knowing exactly what was going to happen, but uh, couldn't be more blessed with such support from the community, even with, uh, you know, the gym down the street. So thank you so much. Yeah. And then we welcome you with open arms, my friend. So thanks. Thanks so much. Well, we'll definitely have to connect. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you listening to us here on Random Fit, hope you, you got all, as much out of this episode with Wilson do as our guest and when what he's done and what he's been through and what he's doing right now with his facility mission HQ um if you like what you listen to today like follow subscribe rate download share all the good stuff especially this episode if I, if there's any one episode that I'd want you to do that for with it's this one so until next time everybody take care and be well.